0: Hey, Westside family, Jake Gilbert here, one of the leaders in charge of our media department. Thanks for joining us for today's message. We hope you are blessed by what God has been speaking to us through our pastors and leaders, and we pray this leads you into an even more intimate relationship with Jesus. We love you guys, and enjoy. Let's go ahead and get into the Word. So this is the last uh, talk uh, in the series that we've been doing, so... As you know, we've been in a series called Elevate, and we've been talking about ways to elevate our life, elevate our spirit, elevate ourselves in the context of of, of uh, spiritual things, emotional things, uh, physical things, what God would have us to do, our purpose, our calling, uh, and the list goes on. So today I'm going to talk to you about doing the hard stuff. Can you look at somebody and say, you got to do the hard stuff? Talking about elevation, uh, for some people, uh, can be exciting, you know, because the idea of, of moving on up, the idea of getting closer to God or pursuing one's dreams or even possessing, experiencing one's dreams uh, can be very exciting, you know. It can be uh, something in our life we look forward to. Uh, but there's always a flip side to the coin when it comes to elevating. And this is the side that is not so exciting. Uh, this is the part that might stop people in their tracks, or this might be the area to where people just doesn't uh, continue uh, elevating just because of what we're going to be talking about today. And that is doing the hard stuff. When it comes to elevating, there is something that that is required and that is walking through some things, dealing with some issues, facing past, present, or even possible future issues that may not be uh, so easy. And we're going to look at uh, Israel when they crossed the Jordan uh, for a little bit today. And we're going to kind of parallel that with our life and our circumstance in regards to having to do the hard stuff and realizing that if we don't take care of the hard stuff, we really prevent ourselves from going where God wants us to go, from elevating, from being all that God has called us to be, experiencing or doing everything that God might, you know, have planned for us to do. So let me read a real quick verse. This is Joshua 3 8. It's going to kind of lay a foundation and give me something to uh, speak on. Joshua 3 8 says, Tell the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. So the context of this is that. God told Joshua to tell the priest in, that they're going to have to go first. That they're going to have to go walk in the Jordan while carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And after they walk into the Jordan, God is going to move and do a miracle and the people of Israel is to follow afterwards. This might not seem like a big deal but the reality of the reality of it is that it was a very very difficult ordeal and that's because at this time uh uh, for the Jordan and it it actually says this in scripture if you was to go read Joshua chapter 3 it would say this that the rivers of the Jordan at this time was flooded the water was beyond the banks of the Jordan, and the water was running outside the edges of the river. Now, some of you might be experienced with this uh, in, in, in you know, four or limited amounts, but being raised in Mississippi uh, most of my life, living in Missouri uh, for 10 years, I'm very familiar with flooded waters. <coughs> The town I was raised in, in Mississippi, was in between two rivers. And I lived in uh, northeastern Mississippi, so we didn't get the amount of rain that the south of Mississippi gets, where it's characteristics of swamps and bayous and that type of thing. But we did get a lot of rain. I remember as a kid, uh, there was times it rained for 20 days straight. That's a lot of rain. And I remember that... uh, there was a low lying area at the back of our property and that sometimes and you know this property uh, this is my grandfather's plot it was 25 acres and then it, it of course was connected to a lot of other plots but nonetheless the water would make its way all the way up and cover half of his property just because of how much rain i remember uh, there was there was a dam there that was that would constantly Uh, flow and this is where one of the areas we would fish and there was piers that was 10-12 feet above the water maybe more and so much rain would come in and the dams would be be wide open and the water would just be flying through but so much water would come through it would come up over the piers and it would actually uh, take down the walls of the piers. So I'm very familiar with flooded waters. Living in St. Louis, St. Louis is on the Mississippi. The town that we lived in was on another river called the Merrimack, and there was times that so much water would come down the Merrimack and even the Mississippi that it would flood out the whole town, Uh, rise even to the bottom of an overpass, and you know how tall overpasses are. So I'm very familiar with flooded waters. And what's very interesting about flooded waters is especially when it's coming out of a river, is oftentimes you don't know where the river begins, where the flooded waters stop, and the river begins. So let's just say the water was calm. It rarely was. And you went walking through the water. You could be walking in flooded waters, and you're not even at the river's edge. And then all of a sudden... You will come to the river's edge and you will find yourself just falling down into the river, because you had no idea where the river st- where the flooded waters actually ended and the river began. Now most of the time there was a current and there was debris that was running. So if you was to walk in flooded waters, and that was a big no-no, we were always told, do not, do not walk, play nor drive in flooded waters because of the currents that was going on. And if you did walk in flooded waters, there was a chance that you could have been hit by a tree, you could be hit by a car tire, something underneath could cause you to trip and then the undercurrents would take you or you would just be walking and then finally fall into the river itself and then the current that is within the main body of the river would definitely sweep you down. So when it comes to flooded rivers and flooded plains, It really is a very difficult area and a very difficult territory to walk in. So going back to the Bible, what we have is God telling his priest to walk through the waters and stand in the Jordan. So the idea is that the priest had to walk through flooded waters before they actually got To the river's edge which meant before they got to the place of miracles they had to walk through a dangerous uncomfortable faith requiring territory because we know that once their foot touched the the riverbed that the waters was pushed back that is when the miracle erupted but before they got to the territory of miracles in their own weight or in their own strength in their own faith they had to walk through flooded waters and this was not a easy task to carry out and oftentimes In our life, before we get to the domain of miracles, before we get to the place that promises are going to erupt, before we get to the place to where we're going to see God move in a mighty way, we have to walk through flooded waters. We have to deal with the hard stuff, In life that maybe has compiled up on us so the flooded waters of the Jordan represent for us numerous things they represent a wall between us and our promise it represents a mountain between us and our promise represents our weaknesses that we have to deal with it Represents our problems that we have to deal with. It represents our weaknesses to sin that we have to deal with. It represents the brokenness in our relationships, our marriages, our families that we have to deal with. It represents what we have to do with in our career and our finances. All the hard stuff that we have to deal with on our way to the promised land, on our way to where God is leading, calling, or putting in our heart to do. If Israel would not have walked, or if the priest, excuse me, if the priest would not had walked through the flooded waters, they would have never reached the Jordan. And that was God's command. Cross the Jordan. Stand in the Jordan. When you get to the Jordan, that's when I will move. God literally told Joshua, says, when the priests get to the Jordan, I will move. And all of Israel will know that I am with you. So in order to get to the moment and get to the place that God will move in your life, you're going to have to exercise some faith, some trust, and some choices that might not be so easy. You might have to walk through a danger zone. Flooded waters is a danger zone. You might have to deal with some discomfort. You might have to have some conversations with people that you've put on the back burner that you don't want to have. But if it's the thing that's standing between you and your promised land, you nor I, Have a choice. Wouldn't it be great if God just did all, did did, worked in a miraculous way to remove all the hard stuff out of our life? Wouldn't it be awesome? And sometimes he does move mountains, amen? But he doesn't remove every mountain. Sometimes he does take, take away addictions, but he doesn't, always take away every addiction sometimes he miraculously will store, restore a, a relationship or a marriage or a marriage or sometimes he expects you just to deal with it and to make proper human choices to make everything better God does miracles but he doesn't always do miracles for everything And when he doesn't do the miracle that you might want him to do that will enable you to get to the promised land that he has for you specifically, guess what? You and I are going to have to deal with the hard stuff. And this requires obeying the word, following the Spirit and using wisdom. Hard things in life require us to exercise the Word, be so sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and use wisdom. It may not make the hard stuff easier, but it does allow us to navigate through the hard stuff in a better way. Does that make sense? It may not make our hard stuff easier, but it does allow us to work through the hard stuff in a better way. His word, his spirit, and his wisdom. The second part of my talk today has to do with carrying heavy objects. Not only did the priest have to walk through a danger zone, deal with something difficult, but they had to do so carrying something heavy. So God told Joshua... I want the priests to carry the Ark of the Covenant. So the Ark of the Covenant was a pretty good-sized wooden container that was wrapped in gold. And inside of it was the two uh, stone tablets that were the Ten Commandments. There was uh, Aaron's rod that was a budding rod that was in it. And if I'm not mistaken, bread from the table of showbread. I might be off on that one. So nonetheless, it was not a small, just light box. It was a heavy box. And just to put a kicker on it, the priest was not allowed to touch this container, the, 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 the ark, with the flesh of their hands. If their flesh touched this container... What happened? Dagonas. No mercy. No grace. In fact, there's a, 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 a story, and I know a lot of you know, but David wanted the Ark of the Covenant in his town because of the blessings that 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 that, that came with it. So he had a crew of people carrying the ark and it was on a cart they wasn't carrying it actually it was on a cart and the cart got sideways and it began to tip over and a faithful worker went to hold the ark up so that it would not fall over here's some I don't want your information if you didn't hear that my phone just said here's some information I mean my watch said here's some information I know Apple is spying on everything I'm saying Anyway, good deed, good heart, but a disobedient disobedient act. What happened? See you in heaven, dude. Can I give you a little bit of extra? Just a real fast one. If your good heart and your good deed still causes you to disobey, then how good is your heart and how good is your deed in all reality? That deserves a repeat, doesn't it? Let's loop that baby. If your deed is good from a good heart, but it requires disobeying God, then it's not necessarily that good of a deed and not necessarily that good of a heart. All right, that's a little extra. don't charge you for that one. That's a little sauce on the top. So nonetheless, this was very serious. They had to walk through flooded waters Carrying a heavy box. What does that mean to us? A lot of things in our reality, but there's one specific thing that it means to us today, what I felt like the Lord wanted me to share with you. We can't allow the heavy objects in our life stop us from pursuing and going after what God has called us to. Sometimes we allow the heavinesses, the the heavy circumstances that we deal with stop us from doing and being what God has called us to be. Maybe your marriage is heavy. Maybe your job is heavy. Maybe your weaknesses are heavy. Maybe you have addictions that are heavy. Maybe you have relationships that are heavy. Maybe you are going through things that are heavy. And so oftentimes, we allow the heaviness of life, the cares and the worries and the consumptions of our own personal world to prevent Stop and keep us from going into the promises that God has said is a yours with a yes and an amen. And it is a lie. Because if God calls you, he also calls the heaviness that you have. I'm not getting enough head nods, enough amens, enough anything on that. I was like, That's like on dead ears or something. Look at someone and say, are you breathing? Are you you breathing? Think about it. This really is a a, a good word. See, I love the fact that the Bible says, or Jesus says, come to me. All you who are heavy. Ain't talking about people who's overweight. All right? I ain't pointing no fingers. That's your own business. ain't my business. It's talking about the load that you have because of whatever life circumstance that you find yourself in. Jesus is calling you to a promised land. And when he calls you to a promised land, he's calling all of you. And there will be seasons and there will be times and there will be moments when God wants you to unload all this heaviness. But you can't let it keep you from moving forward. if you fall off the horse what do you do you get back on it and you ride it faster right you do not let the outcomes of your heaviness keep you from growing or going or experiencing all that god has for you what would happen if we did we would go nowhere because every season we have in life has a type or multiples of heavy things we have to deal with get rid of one heavy object guess what happens the next season there's another monkey you gotta get off your back. And what do you gotta do with that monkey? You gotta the same thing you did with the other monkey. There will always, there will always be battles. There will always be weaknesses. There will always be struggle. Always, always, always. And the devil tries to manipulate us with our struggles. You're not good enough. You can't handle it. Look at what you did last night. Look at what you did last week. Look at what you did five years ago. And the list goes on. And he tries to manipulate our faith and manipulate us trusting God and manipulate our heart and our passion with the heaviness that we find ourselves carrying from the struggles of life. Amen? But let me just throw... Let me throw you a straight ball, straight fastball, not a curve ball. There is a truth here is that you crossing the Jordan with the heaviness of your circumstance alone can't be done. I'm going to say this again. You crossing the Jordan with the heaviness of your life circumstances alone in capitalization A-L-O-N-E will not happen. You might get a little distance. You might get a little further than somebody else. But when you are dealing with with the forces that comes from a flooded plain and you are carrying a circumstance that is bigger than you the ark was bigger than one man could handle it was impossible for one priest To carry that burden across the Jordan. It could not be done. And guess what? There are some circumstances in life that is too big for us to deal with alone. How do you know what that is? Well, you know what that is is when you try to deal with it alone and you can't do it. Cause sometimes you do deal with things alone. Look, Jacob, Jacob wrestled with the angel alone and he found blessing in that in that time alone with an angel so that was a moment that this man of god had to be alone with god so there are moments when we deal with things alone but when you are dealing with something and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that is bigger than you stronger than you more powerful than you guess what you cannot run backwards you can't sink down you can't give up you can't quit no you got to go get somebody else another priest who is a follower and a believer in god almighty because the bible says you and i are all priests underneath the high priest which is jesus christ so you go find another priest and you say i need help carrying this burden into the promises that god has promised me we need one another. It would not have been done. The priests had each other, they were, were able to support each other as they entered into dangerous territory. a difficult zone but guess what happened guess what happened when they did everything that we that I've been talking about when their feet hit the Jordan it was the second miracle of water as far as being pushed back or separated rather The Jordan River in its flooded stage, the Bible says, was separated and pushed back. And the pushing back of these waters said two things. It said to Israel that God is with Joshua. But it said to the enemy, watch out. Here comes God's people. Watch out. Here comes God's people. Let me give you a little extra. Not in my plans. About to close. In fact, worship team, you can go ahead and come. After the waters was pushed back, who was able to enter into the promise? the people of the priest so the idea is we don't just do the hard stuff and we don't just continue even though we are carrying heavy burdens for ourselves we also do it for our people Because you're not the only one in your life called to enter into the promised land. But you might be the one in your household, in your family, on your job, in your community, at your church. You might be the one that God says, I need you to go first so that I can send these other people after you. Because just maybe, just maybe, it's your calling that needs to go first. It's your anointing that needs to go first. It's your gift that needs to go first. Because it was the calling, the anointing, and the gift of the priest that had to go first for the other people so maybe there is something in you that needs to go first in my family there's times that I had to go, I've had to go first it was based off of me and the calling purpose and the anointing upon my life. There's been times that my wife needed to go first because it was her insight and it was her decision and it was what God was doing in her heart that needed to go first so that certain changes could occur in our family dynamic. There's times, as the pastor, to be honest with you, more times than not, I have to go first. But there are times when I have people coming to me. And they say to me, God is laying this on my heart. I had a dream about this. I see this. I feel this and it was their knowledge their dream their gifting that i recognized god was moving through and it was because of them that we went and that's so important as a leader because as a leader you have to realize that god doesn't always call you first we live in a heroic ministry a culture in christianity to where the head is considered like a god and it's always about him or her and yes there is some truth about going going first as the head leader but it's not always the case because look joshua was first he was the top dog he replaced moses and I find it so ironic that even though he was Moses' replacement, and this was the first big deal for him as, his, as a leader for Israel, I find it so interesting that God didn't say to Joshua, Joshua, you as the leader, I want you to go first. But God said to Joshua, I want you to send priests first. And Joshua had to humble himself and be like, it's not my time. It's not my moment. God knows what's best. So my point to all this is we don't deal with the hard stuff and we don't continue, continue even when we carry heavy objects just because of ourself. We do it of our people. We can't be selfish in our minds in the context that our spirituality is just for us. But we have to be open-minded and realize that our spirituality, our journey of faith is also people and them entering into the to the promised land is just as important as you entering into the promised land because as the word teaches us we are a body with many members and it's not just about the head being screwed on straight But it's about the head the neck the shoulders the arms the torso the legs and the feet and everything that fits all together amen so how do we elevate the first message is letting go let go whatever god is leading you to let go of you let go Drop the mic. Number two is being sensitive, knowing the voice, following the leadership of the Holy Ghost. Because the priest had the ark that represented the Spirit of God or the presence of God, and that went first. And then lastly, do the hard stuff walk through dangerous territories and keep carrying your burden if it's not your time to be rid of it i guarantee you if you follow those three those three principles you will find yourself elevating whatever area, in whatever way, God would have you to elevate at this time in your life. Amen? Stand to your feet, please. Let's worship Jesus a few moments before I, I pray over us. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally through this message and continues to encourage you throughout the coming weeks.